0: Eight to ten PM, the Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf
1: Gada. Tell you what, as we as we start a show in the age of social media, I I start by taking a picture of my of my guest. This is the way the world works, of course. And and Bernstein is my uh, big hitter for the evening. She'll spend an hour with me and talk about a range of issues that, that impacts on our country big time. You can certainly communicate. talking to her by engaging on air 0891-104207 0891-104207 If you're SMSing, it's 40938 40938 And if you're tweeting, well, yeah, it is hashtag SAFM Viewpoint first up and then tweet by tagging me uh, Ashraf Garda also tag SFM Radio. And if we should tag the the Center for Development and Enterprise, then it's CDE South Africa, CDE South Africa, if you tag them as well. That's certainly for the big hitter feature for the first hour. So Anne Bernstein is with me. She, she heads up the Center for Development and Enterprise South Africa. Anne, good chatting to you. And uh, thanks for um, accepting the invitation to be the big hitter, big hitter, big responsibility. There you are.
2: Well, great to be here tonight. I'm delighted to talk to you and to your listeners. Thank
1: you, and of course, I've heard about you before. And the fact is, in this in the space that we're playing, we all know everybody and what people do, of course. But then I had the privilege of of being with Anne uh, last week at an event called the Leadership Development Conference, or the LDC, and she spoke about lots of things, including this 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 key issue of jobs and joblessness and what are we going to do about a range of thoughts and i said hold it this person needs to be here because i need to get a to pick a brain get you to be exposed to her thoughts on on a range of issues so thanks for your time let's start by talking about the leadership development uh sorry so the cbe itself what is it what does it do
2: well we're an unusual organization we're as old as the democracy okay and the idea was we'd be an independent policy think tank. We think facts matter. (laughs) And we would look at the big issues facing South Africa and try and be constructive in where we weren't doing very well to say, well, what are the dynamics? What seems to be going wrong? And what can we learn? What should we do? What can we learn from other countries, particularly other democracies in the developing world? And how can South Africa improve? Mm. So our main mission is to focus on growth and jobs and how we consolidate this democracy and we also do a lot of work on the role of business in a complex okay, society that, that like up. this. And, and you
1: said I mean, everything is, is evidence based
2: well, we in terms of your research. Yeah? We, we work with some of the leading professors in the country often internationally and we try and get the facts on the table and see what the dynamics and the trends are and absolutely. So when the president says he would like policy to be evidence-based, we support him 100% and we try and do that ourselves. We do also take strong policy positions where, based on our reading of the evidence, we will say this is how we think South Africa should go. Mm-hmm. And we would like to discuss that of with course. other people. And, and when you
1: do whatever – and, of course, we will, we will – uh, flash out those those views just now but but when you have these policy positions as an as yourself or an organization then then who do you who's your audience who who listens to you
2: well our key audience is to influence government mm-hmm. national government provincial government large metro government and cities and towns so depending on the topic we we want to be as influential as possible in the areas that we've worked in historically whether it's education or home affairs before Mm, some mm, recent mm, controversies. mm. There was a lot of respect for the work that CDE does. We're not trying to embarrass the government or score political points. We're not a political – we're not – we're interested in the politics of policy, but we're not party political. Mm, mm. And our job is to be constructive. So to say we we don't think this policy is working, perhaps we should try this. We think this might be a better option. And how
1: how difficult these are, because I'm just thinking – uh, certainly an enlightened leader at the at the honeymoon stage of leadership a la solomaposa may may listen to everything you have to say and say come on guys let's just pick up all this and then we'll formulate policy but maybe 5 years down the line as we've had the previous president or whoever else it may be suddenly you're not just offering opinion you you're highlighting massive holes of of leadership right then, then, and I'm saying, assuming, let's say you're consulting with government, then w- would you agree that the, that consultation is is not very amenable? It, in fact, it it could well be very confrontational because you like the parent who's who's showing up the you know the the, the errant child.
2: Well, I certainly hope not. We're not consultants, so we're not paid to do work by a department. Mm. We're a non-profit organisation. Some 20, 23 companies give CDE money, so no one company can Mm, tell mm, us what to mm. say. There are enough companies. We have a very strong independent board, and we, we try and influence business people and hope they, in turn, will influence government. We try and influence government directly, but we're certainly... I think South Africa's issues are complex, and now that we... Have a president who is committed to building the country and trying to set things aright, which was not the case for the last ten years, probably eight ten years. It makes CDE more relevant. So we're a civil society organisation. We don't we don't own any gold mines. Mm, we don't mm, c- mm. care how big this or that department is. Our concern is to think independently about what would be good for South Africa. And then without fear to to say in our view to the minister or to senior sort of the president or to anyone who will listen, MPs or the mayor of Johannesburg, or business leaders, that we think this is what you should do and we think this mm. is what the country should be. And because you're not a consultant,
1: you, you don't wait for them to, to consult with you. You you literally knock on their doors and say This is information for you.
2: Yes, so in some ways it's harder to get heard Mm. because no one's paid us. But on the other hand, where we're seeing some of the problems of large consultancies, CDE is totally independent. We will often bring lots of the leading thinkers in the country together. I like to get people with Mm, different mm, points mm, of view mm, mm. and we'll say, this is the challenge and what do you think? And we listen a lot and then we'll write up what we heard and try and develop a point of view that is cognizant with the facts. Um, so we do have an unusual relationship with business and it is unusual internationally as well. I've traveled a lot in India and Brazil where we've set up a network of leading think tanks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in demo- in Ipsa, in okay, Democratic right, Developing yeah. Countries, Mexico as well, where although they're very different countries, often much bigger than us, the issues are very similar and we can learn a lot from each other. And we found that the CDE sort of independent but close to business is a very unusual organization.
1: Well we certainly pick up your brain on, on or pick your brain on all of that. My my guest is Anne Bernstein who's the Head of the Center for Development and Enterprise in South Africa. So she's the big hitter for the night. I'll certainly take your calls when you feel you want to contribute to the discussion. 0891 Listen attentively. Things will come up, and I'm sure you're going to argue for and against when we get to that. Let's just start with this then. What for you are, are the three, to, to really quote yourself, the three biggest issues facing the country right now? Without getting into detail, just in point form, three or five, what, what would they be?
2: investment growth and jobs are three enormous issues Mm -hmm. if we don't grow this economy as somebody said recently we're going to start talking about redistributing poverty so i don't see growth isn't everything of course there are other things but unless we're getting our economy growing again and growing in a way that is much more labor intensive than we have in the past it's hard to see how we pull Millions of people into a much better life, into the middle class. So you're like. saying
1: investment, growth, jobs, those… In and skills. And,
2: skills. And that
1: would be number four, right? And
2: number five, well, urbanization and the business-government relationship.
1: Okay, I'm jotting them all down, skills and then urbanization. Interesting. So, so the obvious one that's missing there is uh, expropriation of land without compensation, that that is that not one of the five most, that can't fit into your top five of biggest issues in the country? Look,
2: 10 years ago, I almost bankrupted my organization because we were deep, invo- deeply involved in thinking through how South Africa deals with land reform. And at the time, we called for a much accelerated process of dealing with restitution, redistribution, and the security of tenure. And we, we did that. We managed to pull lots of mm, parts mm. of the private sector with us, and we were able to do that on behalf of business leadership South Africa. Unfortunately, with President Mbeki being removed, we had got very far within that government. Things never happened. We were committing what the private sector contrib- mm, could mm. contribute, and we were saying that this is a very important issue to get right. On the other hand, all the research in South Africa, all the evidence indicates that although we we must as a society deal with land and redress for the past, the most important issue, if you ask any South African, and all the polls show this, jobs, jobs, jobs are way above anything else. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we need to deal with rural land reform and increasingly urban land reform, which is – often neglected, but we need to deal with this. But I think you've got to, if you ask my priorities, and I think the evidence-based priorities are that enormous numbers, millions and millions of South Africans want access to the economy and an opportunity. People want much better education mm, for their mm, children, mm, mm. and they want a secure place to live. They are small. Much smaller numbers of people who want to farm. Yeah, so we yeah. need to Ironically. unpack these issues, but the real issue is how do we, as an urbanizing society, get a much bigger economy that pulls more and millions more people into so, so jobs? So y-
1: y- here's the thought: I mean, you have you have you have a new president. You have allegations of a plot to remove the president, and he's responded today uh, about that. Uh, you have the the, the the DA and the and the leader of the DA, uh, who you would need a strong opposition in the country, coming up and saying he's going to stand for the, well, not he's saying, there are allegations or rumors that he will stand for the premiership of the province, that's the Cape, uh, which many suggest suggests the limit of their of their ambitions, for example. Um, and you look at the EFF and where they're going and, and, and so on and so on. So, so with all that, without getting into detail about that, what can you tell us about this key thing called leadership in terms of, if you're raising those five issues and those other sub-issues below that, right, do we have, not just necessarily in the ruling party, do we have the ruling party and opposition? Do we have the clout and the leadership that is strong enough and good enough and effective enough for us to, to reach all those goals that you've put forward?
2: Look, I think South Africa today, we are short of leadership across the board. Mm-hmm. That's easy to say. We're a complex country to govern. For the first time in a long while, we have a president who is saying he wants to put growth and jobs at the heart of his administration and he wants to reform. He, unfortunately, is head of a deeply divided and deeply corrupt party. I think everyone.
1: And and, and you believe that, that the party is divided and corrupt? Or it hasn't been proven, each one, right?
2: I think... I think there is sufficient evidence across the country, in small towns, in provinces, in cities, to say that there is lots of corruption. Mm. Not everybody. And within government, there is a lot of corruption. Not everybody. We also have a weak government. You know, It's one thing if they were building the highways and taking a bit on the side. We're not building the highways. So we have a weak government to implement things. And again, that's uneven. So I think people situations like this, people often exaggerate, and we shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to be as make sure you're keeping your balance in time when people say whatever they want. Yeah. How, how then, in
1: fact, we're going to get to some of the callers in a minute, Innocent and Felix, in just a second. How, how then do we develop strong leadership? So, you know, can, can it be trained like you learn how to drive a car? Because you can't drive a car, so you learn. Can, can we... Can we train people to become strong, effective, high-ground leaders?
2: I think situations often propel people into leadership. I think the president is leading with respect to state capture, and I hope that he will lead with respect to the economic and jobs issues. And I think in the circumstances the country finds itself in, we, we need to think constructively as citizens, wherever you are, about how we can be constructive and lead ourselves. So I think leaders can be found in a classroom, in my little community, wherever you are. There are times when you need to lead. You're at a dinner party and people start telling racist jokes. What do you, you do? You need to interject. You need to yeah. lead. Yes. So I think leadership takes place in all of our lives in different ways. But what South Africa needs desperately today, I think, is for the president to lead the country and not just the party and for business leaders to lead and show how South Africa, we need hope. We need people who understand economics to say we can grow again. We can get a much faster, okay, bigger recording. Let's see how
1: we're going to get this. I'll get to the callers, Innocent Felix, and and the others. And if you are tweeting, as some people certainly are doing, so uh, SFM viewpoint is the hashtag, and then tag me Ashraf ganda tag um, SFM Radio as well, and you can also tag CBE South Africa. That's the Twitter handle for my guest. That's Anne Bernstein, with a She's the head of the Centre for Business uh, for Development and Enterprise in. Uh, South Africa. More to come as we talk about other issues on the viewpoint. Well, what's yours?
0: Join us in celebrating the 20-year milestone of the success at the Main Durban Business Fair, taking place from the 18th to the 24th of September at the ICC and Durban Exhibition Centre. Don't miss out on the opportunity to explore exclusive activities such as live exhibition experiences, innovative ways of using technology, celebrating our heritage through Durban flavours,
2: latest trends
0: on beauty and fashion, also broadening the youth with new possibilities in our youth connection. Next corner and much more. Entrance is free. SAFM leading the conversation.
2: Winner Home, South Africa's premier designer decor reality show is back. Follow three talented design duos as they transform three white box apartments into fully decorated luxury homes, one of which you could win. Watch as the design drama unfolds and stand a chance to win the biggest prize on South African television. The new season of Winner Home premieres Thursday, 20 September at 7:30 on SABC Three.
3: Call Ashraf
1: now: 0891 104 207. Talking to and Bern Cinema, will continue chatting to us, our Big hitter, but let's get some calls uh, before we get here to explain the issues of jobs. Right, so innocent maybe a good way to start, and let's get innocent here from Lady Brenda. Innocent, hello, welcome to the show.
0: Mr. As- Mr. Gada, how are you? I'm ma'am? great,
1: indeed. Good talking to you. Go ahead. What's your viewpoint?
0: Thanks, thanks, And uh, let me greet, uh, ma'am. How are you, madam? I'm fine. How are you, innocent? I'm oh, fine, great, ma'am. It is very good to have you in the studio. Um, I've got some few questions talking about the consolidation, as you mentioned earlier before. How to consolidate and make these people to consolidate? Is it possible or will it be easy for 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 you guys? As you said that. You mentioned earlier before you are not falling under any party or any political party uh, how easy is you how easy for you to, to, to combine these people uh, I mean like for instance African national Congress mm. we, we, we see we see we all see this is this is transparent uh, the, uh, the organization itself it has split so before you can consolidate South Africa as a whole, the organization itself, as a, as, a, as a leading organization, what should be done for them to be consolidated before they okay. can go and consolidate Let's get that. Let's, what, The second question
1: yeah.
0: is that uh, coming to the point of land expropriation without compensation, I just want here yeah, without compensation, don't you think that we make things worse for ourselves, especially for the children and for our four children and grandchildren? Because I think it's very difficult for us to say that we are willing to to, to compensate the land more especially without, we are we are willing to to expropriate the land more especially without compensation uh, uh, the third question it will okay be that, you're asking
1: too many questions in the summit go ahead very quickly with the last one yeah
0: okay this last one uh, Ashraf, is basically deeply concerning with the taxpayers and uh, more especially i'm talking about the outsider's and the people who are living in this country, which is the citizen of South Africa. Uh, ma'am, do you see that are we paying our tax accordingly? If not, what should be done? Okay, got much, that.
1: Well. Uh, thanks for that call, uh, Innocent. Right, Jay, respond to those. Well, some
2: important questions, Innocent. Thank you. Go ahead, yeah. Look, I think I'm not quite sure exactly what you're thinking about in terms of the ANC and consolidation I would ask, you know, people tell us the president was elected to deal with unity in the ANC, and you have to say, unity around what? So what are they for exactly? And that's where you start having problems with the divisions within that, the ruling political party. So I think South Africa has weak political parties um, across the board, and that's now a growing phenomenon in other countries as well. And, and I think that's not good because political parties are often schools mm. for democracy.
1: So what, why do we have weak political parties? So you were saying from leadership even to opposition, weak.
2: Yes, I think, and the issues are different. So the, the ANC is struggling with becoming, a, you know, moving from liberation movement, Big Ten, to a political party based around certain values and ideas of government. I don't think they've mm. made that mm. transition well. The DA, on the other hand, the official opposition, seems to me is struggling with the strains of growth. They've outgrown a lot of their old – they've suddenly become bigger. And that requires a very different set of rules and people and leaders. And so Mm -hmm. you can see this on both sides. They're different. So this is a very big and important topic. And I think we don't talk enough about it. We spend too much time talking about personalities in South Africa and too little about underlying phenomena. To come to your second question, let me make it very clear. I am opposed to expropriation without compensation. I am in favour of accelerated land reform, but realistic. And the key is that the beneficiaries are better off afterwards. I don't think the problems with land reform in South Africa have anything to do with expropriation. Again, all the evidence shows, research across the country, the high-level panel chaired by ex-president Halema Muntlanti, everyone agrees the major obstacle to effective land reform has been the lack of capacity in the state, the corruption in the state, and we're not getting anywhere because of that.
1: In
2: terms of taxpayers, well, I'm one (laughs) of them. I'd like to pay less. I think the most important issue is we have to... Fix SARS. And one of the best things the president has done is the Nugent Commission looking at SARS. And the sooner we can make it the world class institution it once was, a real hallmark of our democracy. The better,
1: Because that broadens the tax base once again. And if there's any shortfall, as there's been now, it means then hiking up VAT, for example, and, and whatever else, right?
2: Well, what's emerging clearly is there shouldn't have been this shortfall. Absolutely. And some big people have not been paying their tax. And we're learning more and more. So we've got to make this an institution South Africans can trust again. And then we've got to make sure that government spends our tax money effectively. And probably they need
1: to see why... Uh, paying taxes actually helps them. That, that's, that's an yes. important way of understanding it as opposed to a grudge, uh, for a purchase purchase expense. F- uh, Felix from Pumalanga. Go ahead, Felix. Hi.
3: Good evening, Ashraf. Thank you for taking my call. It's
1: a pleasure, as always. Go ahead.
3: Oh, yes. I, I think our problem mainly is the fact that we've, we are forever missing the simple things of life. And I will give you an example of what I'm trying to say here. You see, on your right hand, you have an hungry man who is starving. And on your left hand, you have a cooked food, which is obvious that the hungry mind should eat the cooked food. But we, we end up complicating everything by saying uh, we need to analyze the food properly. We need to know the chemical component of the food. We go on and on about the academic and the rigorous uh activity of having to understand and analyze issue academically by the time we finish the food has, has already gone sour it can no longer be eaten. i think that is not bad enough even the hungry man is already dead so that's where the problem is the simple things of life are before us they are very obvious mm-hmm. for us to be able to be wealthy we need to create wealth for us to be able to create wealth we need to be schooled, to be skilled, to unleash our creative potential. That's what the state is there for, to harness our collective resources, to use that collective resources to address our collective issues, to educate us and to to school us and to skill us to be able to create wealth. Okay. Wealth cannot be expropriated It can only be created And it can only be created by people who are skilled Who are educated And who are willing to take responsibility
1: for so their lives So you're life. saying what? Wealth, we- wealth cannot be expropriated It can only be Just repeat that uh, last, but Felix Yes, I said wealth can never be expropriated yeah. It can only be created
3: By people who are willing to take responsibility For their lives And stop okay. blaming everything
1: All right. and
4: everything in this
3: got, world. That,
1: got that Felix, maybe there's a job for you in the Centre for Development and Enterprise Because I think lots of things which you say may be synonymous With what what they believe, interesting thoughts Just comment on that
2: Well, Felix, Wealth
1: cannot be uh, Expropriated, it can only be created yeah.
2: I agree with Felix I think that his main point mm-hmm. is absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And one of the great crimes of democratic South Africa is that we have not fixed education. Some people would say we've made it worse. I think it's hard case to sustain. But we certainly have not made it better. And for the vast majority of poor South Africans, 70, 60 to 70% of our schools are not teaching people
1: like you or I were mm-hmm. taught. So wh- why would we get it so wrong when... I'm saying even a, a political party in power selfishly wanting to retain power must understand that it is in their interest, their selfish interest, to be able to give people the type of lives they need to ensure that there would be no government change. I mean, that's, it's as simple as that, isn't it?
2: Well, that's what you and I might think. Mm-hmm. But somebody said to me recently, perhaps if you think about the ANC voting base, it might suit some political leaders to keep people ignorant. Um, so i'm I think we don 't think about education deeply enough. This is a massive system. If you think of basic education it 's an enormous system to manage it 's something like twelve million learners twenty six thousand schools, about four hundred thousand uh, educators or teachers, nine different provinces eighty six districts. This is bigger than any corporation. Mm, mm, mm. So how we manage that system is vital. And what is failing in South Africa is we do not manage performance. You and I know if you didn't come to work on a Monday and a Friday, you'd be fired. But that's not what's happening in the education in our schooling system. And we have to deal with the elephant in the room, which is that the trade unions do not believe in performance management.
1: We don't manage performance. Uh. We'll pick
2: up on that in a second. Let's get the,
1: the last call for now, then we'll get more calls later on. Zaza from Cape Town, go ahead, Zaza. How's it, Zaza? I'm good indeed. Good talking to you as always. Right, you know, your thoughts?
5: I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed your big hitter. I You know she's hitting very low, my man. To be honest, I, I don't so, know. Tell us why. To start,
1: T- cut my call. Tell us why you would know, we cut I'm your sorry. call, Zaza? Let me just yeah. let me just re- recap what I always say or reiterate, okay? We yeah. we don't ever, first of all, we don't cut calls. We do tell you goodbye if you stray from the topic, okay? We don't yeah. ever tell you to stop talking if we have a different point of view. Your view is absolutely critical. Even if your view is critical of the guest, that's something that she must handle in her own right. I'm just making that point, okay? So go ahead. What do you want to tell her?
5: Yeah you know uh, when she started at uh, first she said yeah, okay he, uh, the, her organization is a political you know it doesn't take sides and everything mm-hmm. then she goes on to praise ramaphosa and bashy zuma you know it, it shows obviously from the class, the fact that she praises ramaphosa and bashes zuma and you know the thing is it doesn't mean that ramaphosa is doing everything good for everybody at the moment because i mean south africa you know, it's, 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 a, it's a state that is divided. You know, I mean, we've got the white economy, the black economy, you know, the poor and the rich, deep inequalities. So, from where I'm standing, Ramaphosa is not doing any good
1: job. Because from where I'm standing, I mean, the situation is, NC, it is NC, the policies are still the same. Okay, so so the fact that you believe he's not, not doing a good job, system. that's fine. Many people would agree yeah. with you, right? How does that tie in with, because I want to get Anne Bernstein to respond, how does it tie in with, with her or her organization's analysis of where we are as a country right now?
5: Yeah, I mean, she, she, she praised her. She saying now is the president who's willing to do this, willing to do that. She forgot that the same president has been in the same organization that implemented the same policies that find this country where it is now.
1: Okay, let's get a response. Saza. We haven't cut you off. It's time to say goodbye. Thanks for raising those points, and I'll reiterate. Right. Whatever it is, we want to hear your viewpoint, okay, and defend yourself.
2: Great, I'm pleased you raised these points, Saza. So... I'm I'm trying to be as fair-minded as possible. I think that the party that has got us into the terrible trouble this country is in now is the ruling party. And the p- current president has been sitting there for a long time. On Cur- the one hand...
1: current as in Ramaphosa or, or former president?
2: The current president, okay. Mr. Ramaphosa. Mm. So, on the other hand, he has started to roll back state capture. But if you read the op-ed I wrote a few... 10 days ago in the business day, you will see that I'm saying other than those things, many of the things you've done are not good for South Africa and are not good for the poor. Like what? Well, we've raised VAT on the poor. We've got fuel levy rises on the poor and everybody else, but that will affect the poor the most. We we have not started to deal with terrible education Mm. facing many poor people. And... We have yet to see some bold moves on how South Africa is going to return to growth. And, of course,
1: the the rand has plummeted. But, therefore, isn't Zaza correct, which is, it it is a middle-class opinion or a wish list that says Ramaphosa is all fine when compared to to, to Zuma? Or or is that wrong? Meaning that, that is there, in the praise of Ramaphosa, there's a suggestion that people are being unfair to Zuma as the previous president. Well, is, is that completely are they two separate individuals and need to be looked at it differently? What?
2: Let's let's separate the issues. I am not s- sitting here to to praise Ramaphosa. I'm trying to say that unless he does certain things very soon, we're going to get a raw deal for the poor and everyone else and not a new deal. So I can certainly go into more detail. I think that the, the president has to act, and boldly, very quickly. How, On how the quick? other give, hand, give us a
1: timeline, what, what is quick for you?
2: Well we, you know, instead of creating more jobs, we are losing jobs at the moment. So the country which has probably one of the highest unemployment rates in the world is growing their unemployment rate. That has to be stopped. That has to involve investment and growth. So for me, the issue isn't ANC unity. The issue is what is the plan that this president has for South Africa to grow and become a much better place with many more jobs so, and inclusion? So I, I want to
1: pick up on that. But, but before that, is is there? do we have space for us to have a government, which is obviously then run by the majority party? Today it's the ANC. Tomorrow it could be somebody else. But whoever have ADs, right? to be a party political in its policies.
2: I'm not in favor of that, even if you thought it was possible. Mm -hmm. I am a Democrat, Mm -hmm. and I'm in favor of Democratic policies and political parties fighting it out in the political arena and voters having the ultimate say. So next year when they go to the polls, they say, I don't believe Ramaphosa is going to do it, or the ANC, or I'm sick of this party. They're the ones that got us in this mess. I'm going to vote for somebody else. Or or I love them enough to give them another chance. Or Mr. Ramaphosa started to make progress. I think he's changing the ANC, whatever. We should support him. So I'm in favor of serious contestation in the public square between different political parties, which gives citizens more opportunities to hear this on radio particularly and elsewhere, and to then make up their own minds. So, doesn't mean I'll always agree with the decisions of the majority, but I think that's the essence of democracy. Okay, let's
1: talk about let's talk about jobs. Um, So, you're saying our our unemployment rate is going up at a time when it clearly needs to go down, right? Why is that happening?
2: Well, I think there are two things taking place. The one is that South Africa has adopted strategies and policies over the last 20 years that essentially said we need a high skills, high productivity, high wage approach to to growth which sounds great and certain people have benefited from that but we don't have a high skilled population and so even when South Africa was growing at three four percent we were creating jobs, and it's a myth that there was jobless growth. But they are disproportionately jobs for people like you and me who are more skilled, more educated. Mm-hmm. When our our workforce is dominated unskilled. by unskilled people. So, I mean, you, one so, of the quotes,
1: one of the quotes you you made and you've said, and I'm trying to repeat it. The emphasis must be on putting unskilled people to work, but the economy is doing the opposite. So. How do we get that right? So you're saying there's still a focus on there are unemployed people, get skilled, then you get employed. And you're saying there's a reality, which is that there are millions of people that are unskilled. We must find work for them. So here's the question. How do you find work for an unskilled person?
2: Well, I don't think we're taking the, the jobs crisis seriously enough. That's number one. Number two, we have to find ways to make our economy more labor intensive. We have made a proposal There's some 80 million jobs that are leaving China, the kind of people who were working in low-skill factories, making your shirt, Mm -hmm. my shirt, our sneakers, and so on. Over the last 20 years, conditions and wages have improved in China, and those factories are looking elsewhere. And these would be ideal jobs, light manufacturing, it's called, ideal jobs, kind of assembling toys, making basic clothes, for South Africa to aim for.
1: So we, we should pitch for that business.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we're not doing that at the moment. We're not doing that because we're saying, oh, those aren't decent jobs. Those aren't good enough jobs. But the problem is in the conversation about that, we never think about the horror of unemployment. And I'm not saying, I've read a lot about people working in those factories in China and mm. elsewhere. This isn't pretty often. We don't know how else to move people out of rural poverty into the middle class, than going through that kind of factory mm. stage. So, so no you, country let, let's has get, done let's it.
1: Let's get this right, so you are understood, right? Would you would you say it's better to be employed than to be unemployed? I mean, that's that's obvious, right? Yes, no. So employed rather than unemployed, right? I think
2: that is the key question okay. for South Africans now, now to the, answer. The next
1: one would be: Is it better to be? unemployed than to be employed at a low low below minimum wage wage because that would be considered exploitation what what is better of the two
2: well i think people themselves should be given the choice in other words it's i would prefer a situation where ideally we had these low skill factory jobs Mm -hmm. which some people say are too awful we shouldn't have them and let's see what unemployed people want to do If they go and work there, which I suspect many will, because look at the public works program. We pay something like 80 rand a day, and people have been surprised at the overwhelming numbers of people who want to do that work. So I think we should be opening up that opportunity in South Africa. And we have a proposal for an experiment, if you like, in Nelson Mandela Bay, where we have the Kucha special mm, economic mm, zone. mm, We've sunk investment there. It has not been a success. It's underutilized. We've got an underutilized two ports, not just one. We're saying make this an export processing zone. Let's try and get some of those low-skilled Chinese So shut up
1: uh, factories there. Absolutely.
2: For export and let's see if workers want to work there good
1: idea just so just to confirm uh minimum wage uh and you know now that's that's law You, you you're not supportive or you are
2: i think it's a very strange thing to do when we have such an enormous unemployment where so many sectors of our economy are not paying anywhere near that wage take the furniture industry take the taxi industry they're going to have to go up by like 40% to get to that minimum wage. The Treasury is saying with the best, really serious researchers, people I respect a lot, they're saying they estimate something like 700,000 jobs will be lost because of the introduction of the minimum wage.
1: Okay, now, now the converse and somebody from Labour may call in to say, well, that's the trouble with these big businesses. They are so exploitative. They, they want to pay the minimum wage, but it doesn't stop them from creaming massive monies at, at the top. How, how do you respond to, to the bad image of, uh, of of big business being incredibly exploitive, milking the system?
2: I would have a very different argument. I think big business sits in nedlack with big government and big Labour, and they do deals like all of us, that suit mm. them. Most big companies are paying way above the minimum wage. They're not really interested in this. It's small businesses. It's the new businesses that can't get going, that want to p- want to be profitable and can only be profitable if they're paying lower wages. Okay. So I don't think it's, that's not the issue. I think the insiders are doing deals that are disadvantaging the outsiders.
1: Okay. So, so for the record, you, you're not for minimum wage? No. Okay. Oh wait. seven. Maybe three more calls if we get you on maximum. So come in very very quickly. Let Let's then talk about um, entrepreneurship. So so just about everywhere I go and maybe you go and we not just on air we go to functions we program direct we facilitate we sit in audience and this thing about the holy grail sorting out the issue of jobs S- grow entrepreneurship we will sort out the job situation. You agree?
2: I think one of the craziest ideas in South Africa is to look at a group of young people who through no fault of their own Mm -hmm. have had terrible education, have very little experience or knowledge of the world of work, probably come from homes where few if any people work and to say, gee, I'm going to turn you into an entrepreneur. I think you're setting people up for failure. Everything we know about entrepreneurship internationally and in South Africa shows that You need a certain basic level of education to be successful as an entrepreneur. You need to understand the books. Mm, mm, mm. You need to understand markets and find a niche in a market. So the one issue is a certain level of education post-matric. The other is you need experience. So often the the international evidence shows and South African say you've worked for 10 years on the East Rand Mm, in a mm, factory. mm, can't stand your boss anymore, you want to be your own person, you know where there's a little space for you where you can produce something more cheaply than the big company. And those are the businesses that seem to work.
1: Okay. The, con- the converse is what? A person's unemployed, is 20 years old, unskilled, and therefore says, well, I've got an idea. I'm going to be an entrepreneur, which is an entrepreneur trying to become employed. You I'm argue saying, against that?
2: I'm saying great. One in a million, if you're lucky, it will happen. The odds on this happening are extremely, extremely low. I think it's the wrong way to think about this. Am I in favor of more entrepreneurs? South Africa desperately needs more entrepreneurs. We need more people who are growing businesses that employ more people and moving from tiny to small to medium and then large. We need all of that. But to think that people without education, with no knowledge of work and the workforce and companies are going to make it, well, one in a million will. But this is not a but strategy for lots of people. That's, that's
1: winning the lottery. What, what about, let me get this right, the, the president had set up the new, I think it's called Yes Youth Employment Service. Maybe I've got it wrong, which is headed by, by Tashmiya Ismail, right? Uh, what is your understanding of that, you know, of, get, of getting, I think, other companies to commit to jobs, your, your understanding of that?
2: Look, I think if you citizens who prepare to do something to help bring young people into the workforce, this is a good thing. Is this a substitute for the policy reform South Africa needs to the labor market and other areas this is This is not going to do that. So there are a number of projects and initiatives in South Africa that help young people get into the queue for work, get to the top of the queue for work, but unless we're shortening the queue unless we're producing more jobs that are sustainable. So the YES initiative is for a one-year internship. Um, It's not clear what will happen to people after that, especially in a stagnating economy. But the more that they can do, the better. That's great. But that's a very different thing from saying we are going to systematically change our economy and the rules of our economy so that more firms can be expanding or being set up and succeeding, and we're going to get more labour-intensive manufacturing and other aspects of our economy okay. flourishing. We'll see
1: how that plays out. We'll get two calls in just a second. Mike, Eddie, and the others, and Bernstein with me. The well, the boss of the the head of the Centre for Development Enterprise South Africa. She's the big hitter for the night for the next ten minutes. In fact, there's so many things we can certainly talk about for the next two hours. I would think I want to just pick up on this because I don't want to lose it. Uh, you you've written a piece you've been quoting in the past. I'm not sure how many years ago, uh, suggesting that that business has been rather cowardly in in its role of of providing the type of of leadership and of being this this engine for growth in the country. Explain that.
2: Well, two years ago we said that a countries in trouble need their business sectors to be more active citizens democracies require all the interests to not just do behind the scenes deals Mm -hmm. but to publicly argue their case. So if big business thinks the way forward for South Africa is um, a change in economic policy they need to argue that case in the public square and somebody else should disagree and that's good for policy making Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. learning in a society. Now when Business keeps quiet. Business leaders, business organizations keep quiet. It seems to us that they are failing to provide alternative views in a society like ours.
1: And you, you've been quoted as saying, you know, business has been, has retreated from the public debate. You, you And that is maybe what, is that two years ago? Well, we certainly now?
2: said that two years ago. No. I'm about to publish another okay. op-ed saying, where is business now in the public arena? It's striking that at least on a growth strategy, business should be speaking out much more boldly on a five-point plan or a ten-point plan. You you
1: say they're they're not doing that?
2: They're not doing that now. They certainly were speaking out last year in arguing to protect key institutions of our democracy and to argue for President Zuma to go. Um, and I support what they did last year.
1: And then they've, they've stopped.
2: I think the politics of the, this year has been more complicated in the first few months. But now I would be strongly advocating that business needs to, in a way you could say, the populists have created expropriation without compensation as a burning platform in South Africa. Business and others in our society should be creating economic growth as another burning platform. And that would enable the president to respond to that. There's an alternative view. What do we think about okay, that? Okay, what's,
1: what's the business alternative to, to the issue of land expropriation? I mean, that's an interesting thought, whatever that may well be. Okay, Let's get let's get some calls. Uh If you're getting short, sharp, to the point, please. Mike from Durban, go ahead. Right Hi. Yeah, Mike. Oh,
4: what is your guest's name?
1: It's Ann, as in A-N-N, right? No E, right, Anne? Just double-checking. Oh, Ann. Burn. Anne Bernstein, and B-E-R-N-S-T-I-N.
4: Yeah. Right. Good evening. and Mike from Durban's Rec Beach. and <laughs> Anne, my working career, I was an electrical designer manufacturer. And in the 1960s, there was a boom on the building of clothing factories, textile factories, shoe factories, uh... Lots of small little uh, CMT factories. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, go, make it quick, yeah. well, Mike. Yeah. We can hear you, but go, go ahead, short
4: job. And the building of this lot, we had the fame group, huge, employing about 10,000 people. Most of those factories are closed now. Then, in later years, a friend of mine set up an EPZ in Mauritius. That's an export production zone. They have no raw materials. It is still operating. He set one up in Hai Pong in Saigon. All right,
1: Mike, I'm, I'm going to push government. you because I need, a, I need a bottom line to what you're saying. Either a comment or a question because we're running out of time. Go ahead.
4: A comment or a question?
1: Yeah, wh- why, why are you calling in? I mean, in essence... No,
4: no, I've called in just to enlarge on the, on the, uh, the problem of, of, of uh, getting people employed.
1: Okay, got that. Thank you for that then, right? We have the
4: facilities. We don't have them anymore.
1: All right, got that. We we have it. We don't have it Uh, in terms of facilities?
2: Well, he's right. Other countries have had export processing zones. Mauritius has been incredibly successful. A lot of countries have failed, like our special economic zone, Mm -hmm. our industrial development zones, which failed. So you've got to design them so they really are special. They have to offer investors something and be globally competitive. And that's what we're suggesting South Africa does again. We have our la- allowed our textile and clothing industry mm-hmm. to decline, which was a mistake. And we certainly have skills that we could put to building it up again.
1: Okay, I want to see if I can squeeze in the issue of China and the land issue in just a moment. Eddie, go ahead from Cape Town. Hello, Eddie.
6: Hi, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be sharp and short. Sweet, Mibla, thank you. Um, Go ahead. Uh, for funny enough that I wrote an article as well two weeks ago about business being um, 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 ca- being cowards that uh, the lady is speaking about. Maybe we should touch base sometime, yeah? Okay. Um, but there's always been one voice. I think Bonang Mohale is one guy who's been talking loudly. But I don't blame them. I mean, you know what happened to future growth when they tried to talk about ESCOM and all of that. So I understand why they are quiet um two questions for me um um what is the ladies um, uh, um uh, organization's impact on because my thing is this end. you know we talk about our education being bad there is nothing wrong with our education it is the way it is delivered that is the problem i have a daughter who's in grade four and i complain every day and i say you have seven eight courses for a four-year-old whose whose uh, concentration span is 30 minutes uh, well, how are you going to drill concepts in English and math, which is where we are short? So what is you guys, um, uh, because as a, as a country, I think we need influencers like you guys to stand up and rally the people and say, let's stop and say, government, we don't want this kind of education. That's my first question. Okay. My my second question is the effect of monopoly and the, um, the restructuring of the economy. I think the economy is so skewed against black people, to be honest, you know, and the reason why we have entrepreneurship, which is good and also bad, is because uh, people are actually talking to an unresponsive kind of audience, which is white only owned businesses. So the, 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 the monopoly means you can only watch one TV a day. So if you have all the black people having enough disposable income, then Okay. Eddie, I'm, I'm oh, going to cut hey, you only so, because you're not being short
1: reason. any longer Thanks, okay? I appreciate yeah. it I just want to get a response and there's not enough time to do that Thanks for that call, Eddie, from Cape Town Right, go ahead
2: Look, I agree with Eddie that education is absolutely mm. vital And CDE certainly has had some impact Not nearly as much as I wish we had There's no more important issue for the long term And we have to train teachers better we need a performance management, and um, I think those kinds of interventions are going to help, but there are other issues as well.
1: Okay. L- l- let's Rest- talk, yeah, carry on.
2: Look, restructuring the economy, I think we, one of the issues we've been pushing is that South Africa needs to become a much more competitive economy. What does that mean? You need to open up sectors so that new people can get in and we have a lot more work to to be done there. How we bring more and more black South Africans into the economy is a very important issue. We have made some progress, not enough, but we should acknowledge some of the progress that's been made and kind of think hard about what more we have to do. So how do we get a much better business environment for new and small firms? A very important issue. We keep talking about regulations. We're going to get rid of it, but we never do. Actually, we add to the regulations. Okay,
1: quickly, I'm going to push you on one one thing: the issue of, of land expropriation. So you you're not, you're not in favor of it, right? Why why are you not in favor of it?
2: Well, look, any society and the South African Constitution allows for expropriation without compens- with with or without compensation. It's imminent domain. I'm going to put a highway through your house. Mm-hmm. Tough luck. You've got the right to shout and scream, but we're coming. And we then compensate you because the the national good requires that. Obviously, I'm in favor of the right of a society to do that. And I'm okay. in favor H-
1: of... i a good example of that, yeah, I think. exactly. Right? Okay.
2: And the present constitution, section 25, allows for expropriation under certain circumstances where land is not being utilized, or if it's only specular Okay, I'm worried about time. We've got about a minute. I'm not sure why do you
1: think it's not going to work?
2: So what I'm saying is I am not in favor of amending the Constitution. I think the most important issue about land reform is where is the capacity in rural South Africa to help new black farmers get in and be successful? It's commercial agriculture.
1: What about those that say, but they learn on the job just like white South Africans did?
2: Well, the last 20 years, our experience of land reform and redistribution is that the vast majority of the projects and putting new people on land have not worked well at all for all sorts of reasons. So, yes, there will be individuals who can make it. and I know some black farmers who've done well in sugar, in chickens, in various things. We're not talking about that, but we're saying that the key issue, property rights, is fundamental in a society. And the real issue we're failing on land reform in this country, redistribution, restitution, is because of the failure of state capacity, and we haven't put the money into this either, Mm-hmm. And we're an urbanizing society. Okay. Don't forget that. Over that's, 70%. That's where we can
1: leave it in. I've stayed away from the Chinese question because we'll talk about maybe the infants of China, good or bad, some other time. Okay. But feel free, by the way, through your, for CD South Africa to tweet about it. You want to just give me a 30-second comment here? Yeah?
2: My last word. Black South Africans were deprived of land in our history in terrible ways. This was a great injustice at different times in different ways, under colonialism, under apartheid. How? people succeed in the 21st century is not really dependent on land
1: may not be the same in fact there's someone who just tweeted well not tweeted message me to say Get your son to start a YouTube channel. He will make millions of rand. So that's no land, but it works. Facebook has done just that anyway. And Bernstein from the CDE, the Centre for Development and Enterprise, appreciate your time. Uh, you can still continue tweeting, by the way. You yourself, even off air via that handle, just tag us SFM Viewpoint. Of you, the listener, you can continue tweeting and giving your comments as well. We'll talk about other issues around uh, civil unrest or civil activism in a moment. Let's get the news now. Just go nine o'clock.